This is the Langpreneur podcast where each week we interview experts in the language learning industry who will show you how to turn your passion for languages into a profitable online business so that you can create an independent career doing something you love. I'm your host, Jan van der Aan. Hey everybody, it's Jan and you are listening to the Langpreneur podcast. As always, good that you're here. Um, today we're going to do something different. Usually it's me who interviews these guests here on the show. But, um, you know, not very long ago I had um, a consultation call actually with uh, one of our Langpreneur members, one of the people of our community. His name is Phil, uh, Phil Schiller. And, you know, after the call we had an informal chat and um, he started me asking all these questions. And he said like, Jan... We, we hear your voice every week, you know, as a loyal listener of the Langpreneur podcast, but we don't know so much about you. You know, like in the very first episode of this uh, of this podcast, I talked a bit about myself, but that, that was it. So in this episode today, Phil is going to interview me and we're going to talk about various topics so that you can get to know me a little bit better, just in case you're interested. So some of the things we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about, um, well, we're going to talk about my journey, how I got started eight or 10 years ago as an online entrepreneur, actually online lang- language entrepreneur, was a translation business in the first place, but I mean, it also counts at, uh, as languages, right? <laughs> um, we're going to talk about finding your passion and also talk uh, about the transition, you know, to go from a hobby to You know, to go from language learning as a hobby to language learning as an actual business, something you make a living with, or maybe even more than that. We're also going to talk about the advantages of collaboration. I've done lots of collaborations over my life. Actually, today I run three businesses, three uh, business partners as well. And, um, you know, everything we do here at the podcast is eventually also a collaboration right all the interviews that i'm doing um i'm doing this together with Oli, which is a collaboration we are doing lots of events um you know where we invite speakers i think a lot of the things that i do have to do with collaboration so i'm going to talk about that as well um we're going to talk about the parallels of language learning and starting your own business because i do think that there is a lot of parallels there and um, yeah, well, these are some of the topics that we are going to discuss. Let's see, is there anything else? No, not really. But I really enjoyed this interview and I really hope that you're going to enjoy this interview too. It's going to be an interesting talk. Here is my interview with Phil. Um, I hope you enjoyed the episode. But again, before, as always, before we start with the episodes, let's first go and see what our sponsor has to say. <laughs> hey, Jan here again. So you know that we, um, if you are a loyal listener of the Langpreneur podcast, you know that, we, uh, that we're offering one-on-one coaching. Now, if you are just starting out with your language business or you have been doing this for a while, but you're not making you know, tons of money yet, then the one-on-one coaching program might be overkill. So for those guys, and if you are one of those guys, then we actually have, um, we are launching a personalized small group coaching program to grow your online language business. And it's called Langpreneur Accelerator. Um, Now you're going to get like monthly online. Actually, we're going to do two uh, mastermind sessions every month. It's going to be a a community. It's going to be unlimited Q&A, you know, monthly goal settings and accountability, all that kind of stuff. So if you want to take your language business to the next level this year, then this is definitely something that you want to check out. Um, The thing is that we are starting on the 20th of July and we only have 12 spots available so if you want to know more about this coaching program it's called a langpreneur accelerator then go to accelerator.langpreneur.com hey welcome back now let's get started here is my interview no actually here is phil's interview with me um so hello jan hey phil uh, welcome to uh, your Langpreneur podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me on my podcast. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, this is very uh, exciting. I'm very excited. I'm also nervous. 
uh, about doing it, but I'm looking forward to it. So I thought I would uh, start off by just asking you to say a few words about yourself, who you are, because I realized I actually didn't know so much about you. Yeah. Yeah, so my name is Jan. I'm from the Netherlands originally. Um, I spent most of my 20s traveling the world and learning languages. Well, that sounds sounds really nice. Actually, it all started it when I'm back in 2000. And I think it was back in 2010 when I was doing an internship in uh, in China. Actually, mm-hmm. was working for a trade company that was owned by two very young Dutch guys. They were only one year older than me at the time, like 23 years old, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, at that same year, I found Tim Ferriss's book, The 4-Hour Workweek. And in The 4-Hour Workweek, I learned about, you know, the concept of running an online business and kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, traveling around the world, working online, not working 40 hours per week, but only four hours a week. And I really liked that idea. So that opened up, that that book that gave me a lot of ideas. And then uh, there was one day my boss came to me and he said, Jan, you traveled a lot. We want to translate our website into 10 different languages. Do you maybe know, you know, because you have friends all over the world, do you maybe know someone who can, you know, tra- help us translate this website into uh, French, Spanish, and Portuguese, and Thai, and you know, Japanese? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I think I can arrange that. So I reached out to my own network, friends at the time, and they did that. Well, they were students at the time, but they did a fairly good job for a very, a very low price. Mm-hmm. And well, my boss was really happy with the translations. I was thinking, hey, if 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 I can make my own boss happy, then maybe there's other companies, company owners out there, who are looking for something like this, or more like the budget mm-hmm. translations, right? So I put an ad, an ad on the local eBay marktplatz called in the Netherlands, and within a few days, I uh, I received a few requests, and there was a guy, and he sent me like this huge document. And he said, can you translate this into Portuguese? And was it, were a few other languages. And then I made a quotation and it was like 1,500 euros. And you're like, whoa. I, I was like, whoa, this is a huge... It was not all profit, of course, because I also had the translators. But I was like, hey, was, wait, I think I have a business here. It was possible, right? It was like the, your, first, your first sell, actually. Yeah, of. yeah, exactly. So I got super excited and, you know, this was back in you know when i was in china in shenzhen so i spent the weekends working on this thing creating a website and you know thinking a little bit about the marketing coming up with a good name uh, of course also arranging all the translate uh, all the translations and making sure that mm-hmm. clients were happy but uh, yeah then i uh, i got a business basically after my internship i went back to the netherlands i went to the local chamber of commerce and i registered the company and that was the beginning of a translation business now your first, yeah, your first business, yeah. Yeah, this was the first business. I just wanted some, to do something online, right? And mm-hmm. I was passionate about languages. I already spoke a few languages. I was fluent. At, I was already fluent in Chinese at the time. Um, was a, well, that was actually, yeah. At the time, I didn't speak so many languages, but uh-huh. Chinese was one of them. So yeah, I was 22. I was now making money online. So I was like, okay. I was n- in the first place. I was not that interested in the in the business itself but i really saw it as a tool to you know that enabled Allow me to, to do, yeah exactly what doing that what gave me done. the yeah they gave me the lifestyle that i wanted to yeah basically from there on i just i started traveling i spent about six months in the netherlands and then six months half a year abroad traveling in different countries doing language immersions learning languages myself and then later on i also started blogging about that youtube videos you know, so that was the beginning of Language Boost, where, where we actually help people to learn foreign languages. And, mm-hmm. and a Langpreneur came after that. So, yeah, it has been a long journey. Over, like uh, you, can almost, not, uh, you can almost call yourself like a, a, a serial entrepreneur. It's like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your, third, your third business now. Yeah, and I have the feeling that every time it, it, it improves, right? Like, you know... I think that one of the big questions that most of us have in life is what, you know, what is my passion? What is the niche? What is the, what is the perfect job for me? And the perfect job mm-hmm. doesn't exist. You have to create that yourself, I think. So, Absolutely. And, you know, so in the beginning I thought, okay, you know what? The perfect job for me is 
a translation business because that allow you know that will allow me to travel and mm. to learn languages and to do all the things that I like doing. And then while I was doing that, I was like, okay, but wait. Um, I, you know, because it's tricky with the time zones because the clients are in the Netherlands and then I was traveling, I was in another time zone, you know, it was in, in, in China, it's like six hours later or seven. And then in Mexico, where it's like seven hours earlier. So were you um, like up all day? <laughs> no, not really. I, I also had a, a colleague, I was doing this with, uh, with a friend back in the Netherlands. So he would pick up the phone. So there were ways to, to work around that. Mm-hmm. But, um, I was, you know, as I was traveling the world and meeting all these people and learning all these languages, I was becoming more interested in, in, in learning foreign languages and then later also helping other people to learn a foreign language. So my interest also shifted along that journey. And so, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, was, um, I was wondering what, what sparked your, your interest um, to learn languages? Um, I think, you know, as a, when I was... Uh, at high school, for example, I had to, well, we had to learn a few, in the Netherlands, we all have to, well, we all have to learn English at school and then sometimes also German or French. I was never particularly good at languages, especially in English, man. I was really bad. I couldn't, I couldn't form a, a proper sentence like by the, age of, by the age of 19. So I remember when I had my final oral exam for English, uh-huh. my, my, my English teacher, so I had to, you know, he was waiting for me in his office and then I entered his office and he gave me this text and he said, Jan, I give you 10 minutes to read this text. It was a very simple text. Um, and then we will have, you know, I'm going to ask you a few questions about the text. And I was reading that text and I was like, I was completely lost, you know, it was just like a, a blank page to me. Like I didn't know where to look. I was, I was so stressed as well. I was like sitting there sweating and, you know, I just, I was just looking at the page. I couldn't even read. And then, he started asking me questions and he saw that I was nervous and, and sweating. And I said, man, I have no idea what's written. Yes. I didn't even understand the questions that he was asking me. And he said, Jan, you know what? Um, I will let you pass this test so that you can just, you know, that you can just graduate finish this all up <laughs> and graduate, but please make me one promise. Please promise me that you will never choose a career for which foreign languages are involved. And I said, okay, I, I will do that. <laughs> that's amazing so, to hear. I yeah, mean, that, that's so, crazy to hear considering uh, where you ended up. And I think the reason is because I never had a reason to learn English. Like my fellow classmates, they would watch, mm. they would play video games or they would watch movies or they were just interested in the language, but I had no interest. In, I, I was just interested in my, in, in my friends and I don't know, like mopeds and all that stuff, all those things mm-hmm. that I were doing at that age. I wasn't interested in, 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 in foreign languages. And but so, then yeah. So, yeah, I so had always... Yeah, I always had a big fascination for, for, for traveling and other cultures. So then when I was by the age of 19, so I graduated from high school, I didn't know what to do next. So, you know, I took a, a gap year, which is very common in Europe. And um, yeah, I decided to just go out there. It was my first solo trip. Um, I went to, I decided to go to Costa Rica to do some voluntary work and also uh, to learn Spanish. You know, I was not good at, at English, so why not also try to learn <laughs> Spanish? I basically just wanted to, I want to try something new. So the, and, so, sorry, so it kind yeah. of started with, with travel. Well, that was your first kind of passion exactly. in language learning. Exactly, okay. because when I was in Costa Rica, um, I met all the foreigners, you know, and, mm-hmm. and all those guys who spoke English to me and I was very insecure in the beginning, but, you know, after after a hundred interactions or conversations every time you you know you also become more interested in the language and that was really the starting point so this was 2007 costa rica that's that's where i started to to well my english got better and then a few years later so you kind of noticed that like you don't know how to speak any other languages and everyone seemed to be talking in english and that was like yeah. your your motivation to start learning yeah. English, I guess. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, we would go for dinner in, in Costa Rica with like the interna- my international friends. So we were sitting like with five people on the table and everybody spoke English very well. And mm-hmm. I was just, you know, I kept silent all the time. They, they were like, Jan, what, what's going on? Are you, are you shy or something? Or what's that? <laughs> you're not feeling well today? I said, no, no, just, you know, but it was just, I, I, I wasn't confident enough. I didn't dare yeah, to yeah. participate Absolutely. in the discussion. It's uh, but, very similar to when I, when I moved to Switzerland, I was like, everyone thought I was the quiet, shy, person <laughs> yeah but like my swiss german was so bad when i first moved back here so it takes some time and, and and embarrassment and 
exactly to get you motivated to want to yeah to exactly mm-hmm. um so english was your first foreign language in that case kind of yeah yeah um, yeah and then it took off from there yeah so i did some german at high school also did some french but never got to you know never got to a stage where i could hold a, a simple conversation in french mm-hmm. so i did i took spanish lessons in costa rica but that wasn't um that wasn't a huge success like after three months, I was staying with the, with the host family and um, I was staying with the family and they, they didn't speak any English, only Spanish. But that, even after three months, I was really struggling just, you know, so, with communication. I was writing down, you know, I had my dictionary. I didn't uh-huh. have a cell phone at the time, at least not when I was there. Um, so I had a dictionary and I was just writing sentences and, you know, showing them a piece of paper with my Spanish <laughs> sentences. I was doing that in order to communicate. So, but so then in 2000, le- sorry. Uh, so did you learn more English than you did Spanish? After yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. <laughs> for sure. The- I learned more English for sure. In Costa Rica. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then in 2009, and this was when I was in college, I actually got the opportunity to go abroad to do yeah, what we called a minor in the Netherlands. So basically you choose, um, a subject that's not directly related mm-hmm. to like a side focus. A major. Yeah. yeah. It's like a side focus. And I saw Mandarin, I saw Chinese there. It was, uh, was, a, was an exchange program. My sister was studying Chinese at the time at university. Mm-hmm. And that I think kind of, I think that triggered me, that inspired me to also do something with Chinese. Okay. And um, yeah, it also gave me the opportunity to actually go to another country and study abroad. So now I saw that I was like, yes, we're going, we're going to China. I want to experience this, this thing. Then I arrived in China. No one spoke English. I was bad at learning languages. But again, it was, you know, it was a fun. I was there and I had a reason. So every time I learned a word or a sentence or a phrase, you know, I went out there, the local market or the local like street barbecue mm-hmm. they have in China. I started using all those words and people were, they really appreciated, I could say, a few things in Chinese and that changed everything. That really changed the the way I think about learning languages and because it's so motivating to to Mm -hmm. see how the people react. So I started playing with that, you know, I started Mm -hmm. playing around, I started making my own sentences and people understood me and I understood them and that gave me so much motivation that within five months I reached a pretty good level in Chinese, you know, a level where I could travel around. Yeah. Five months. That's impressive. Where I could travel around the country and and really use. I wasn't fluent yet, but it was pretty good. And then I thought, okay, if I use this approach to learning all the languages, I'm pretty sure that I can, you know, I can learn any language. So it was a, uh, with that, there was a video that, that you made that I found on your uh, language boost channel um, called my life story in six languages. Oh yeah, man. That's a very old, that's an old video. <laughs> and I, I was yeah. just wondering, cause you looked so young. Uh, I was wondering, I was wondering how, how old you were. Cause you already, I mean, you already spoke six languages and it sounded pretty good. Yeah. So this was, yeah. So in 2009, I did half a year in China. And then in 2010, I did half a year in Indonesia where I also learned Indonesian. And then, you know, after learning these languages, I went back to Spanish and I went back to German and I, because I, you know, I thought maybe I can, I can improve those languages as well. So I think uh-huh. I uploaded that video. I have to say that video was scripted. So I, yeah, yeah, I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't good, as good as, as you might think when but you watched the video. sounded good. Yeah, I could. I mean, yeah. I was, I was pretty impressed. <laughs> yeah, man, this must be like 10 years ago or something. Yeah, 2010. Yeah. And, um, and who, um, who were you, like, who was that video for? Like, why did you even start a YouTube channel? So, well, the reason I always like making videos. Um, So I originally started out with my YouTube channel for videos that I was making with my friends back in my hometown. Then when when I went to China in 2009, I also started making videos there Mm -hmm. um, about basically my life as an exchange student in China. I'm not sure if those videos are still available. I think they're still there, actually. They are. They're all there, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's all there. Well, yeah. They're all still there, yeah. Yeah, so basically, just, I like making videos, and I just wanted to share, you know, the things that I was doing. So was it was it for your friends back home, or just was yeah, it for the, my friends, for my family? I wasn't really thinking about. I wasn't aware at the time that it was possible to build a huge following and then you know turn that into a business. Actually, I think if I you know if I could go back in time, back to two thousand and nine, mm-hmm. you know, and I had created a, a proper blog and really 
you know, being strategic about growing and all these things could have had a huge, you know, could have turned into that into something huge. But I wasn't aware about making money online until, well, maybe it was not the right time because you ended up doing that anyway. So it was, yeah. a, it was a good experience for you to do. Mm. Um, and I think it was, it didn't take long and you had your first interview, I think with Benny Lewis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So who is, uh, yeah. Who is Benny Lewis? Yeah. So after I came back from, from China, I was like, okay, I know how to learn language. I'm super passionate about this thing. Now I want to learn more languages and I want to meet all the people who speak languages. Right. So I went to YouTube and I was searching for, I don't know, speaking many languages. And, and then I found all these videos of, of, you know, the early, YouTube <laughs> polyglots uh -huh. like Steve Kaufman was already around, um, Luca Lampariello, and then Richard Simcott, and then Benny Lewis was also there, right? And Benny was traveling the world, and every time, you know, he would spend three months in the country, and within that three months, he would learn a new language, pick mm -hmm. up a new language. I was like, well, this is, this is, interesting. This is interesting what, what this guy is, is doing. So I learned more about his methodology, and he really inspired me to learn all these other languages later on. Um, yeah, I met Benny first. I met Benny first at the uh, it was the very first Polyglot conference in 2013 in in Budapest. Benny was mm -hmm. there as well, and um, yeah, later on I was traveling around Europe and I was in Valencia and Benny was in Valencia at the time as well. And um, yeah, I I asked him if, actually if he could host me in his apartment. Okay, <laughs> uh, he he did that, and uh, yeah, we recorded an interview because Benny was already like at the time Benny was making money with his blog. Yeah, he said he had like five hundred like views a month or something. At at that, at that time, back yeah, then, yeah, yeah. Well, only five hundred. No, five hundred thousand. Five hundred thousand back then. Yeah, I think yeah. Yeah, so he ran this blog flew in the three months and. I think at that time, I think when I interviewed him, I think he was the only person that I knew who was making money with the blog. So, again, first he inspired me with, you know, with to learn all these languages, and uh -huh. then he was showing like how he was making, or he was explaining and, and sharing with everybody how he was actually monetizing his blog. So, so was he like, uh, was he the, the like the first person that introduced you to the idea of making a business out of your passion for language and travel? Yes, I think so. Yeah, but at the time, you know, I was I was very I was fine with what I was doing because I was making money online with my language business. I was traveling the world. I was I I wasn't really thinking about doing something similar. Like the, the all those YouTube videos and the the polyglot interviews that I did. Mm -hmm. That was that was a passion, a hobby. I I wasn't really thinking about ways to monetize it because I was okay. like, okay, I you know, I can try to build this thing. But I'm making money with my translation business, which was enough to travel the world. So may, I think that was a mistake, actually. But that's, that's my... In, in hindsight. But, yeah. but it did introduce you to like, the idea that you could actually make money with... It was definitely Oli. With, with a blog. Yeah. It was definitely Oli, Oli Richards, yeah. So mm -hmm. I also met Oli at, the, um, at one of the polyglot gatherings. And this was a gathering in Berlin. Mm -hmm. And you know, we had been in touch online before we met and then when i met him in berlin he was telling me that he was going to um so he was working for the british council at the time in, in qatar mm -hmm. and then they would send him they would send him to cairo for a, a mission for a year mm -hmm. or something so i said okay well when you move to cairo let me know i will i will i will, I will visit you there for a week have some fun go for a shisha visit the pyramids okay and he said yeah why not so he had a spare room he, he invited me to 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 come over and I knew that he had started this blog, I Will Teach You a Language, which was a very humble blog at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And when I was there, he was working on his blog all the time. And he was very serious about it. It's like, no, 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 it's Friday. I need to get this blog post out today. And yeah, I'm taking courses. And he was very serious about it. And I, I didn't really see the point of it in the beginning because I had been making videos, you know, for a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, back then, I started Language Boost and the YouTube channel way earlier. Well, way, yeah, yeah. Well, earlier than, than, than Ollie did. But, you know, for me, it was a hobby and he was really serious. And I said, like, I was like, okay, why, why, is, why is this guy so serious? And then a few months later, 
actually, I remember when I was there, he woke up or we woke up in, in well, he woke up. I mean, in the, in the morning, I met him in the, yeah, yeah, in, yeah. the in the living room. And he said, uh, he said, man, I sold three ebooks last night for $7 each. I just make $20, $21 with my website. I was like, whoa, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. So. It seems then, like that. Sorry. Yeah. It seems like that, that first sell is like such an important moment. It changes everything. It changes yeah, right? the whole mindset. So I was like, okay, he's doing good things. And then I think it was, uh, you know, only a few months later uh, when he sent me a message over, over Facebook and he said, Jan, you know what? Um, I'm going to quit my job at the council here because I think very soon I will be making enough money to live off, to live off uh, mm-hmm. of the business. Mm-hmm. So his, his blog and, yeah, and, his blog. and, and what, what came with that. Okay. And then I think I started realizing, well, maybe I should, maybe I should become a little bit more serious about, about my, my YouTube channel and my blog and, and, and maybe think about selling courses. And, mm-hmm. and so I think, I think that was the moment when, when, when I started realizing, okay, now I have to, I have to do something. I also have to build an online business because uh, I, I saw that like shortly after the Benny Lewis video um, that you put a little logo <laughs> it was the first time you put a little logo up and I was like, oh, okay, this is where he's getting serious about, you know? Uh, yeah. 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 But uh, I mean, I was, I mean, I always liked the idea of creating good videos and editing. I mean, the videos are not good, but at the time I think, you know, you were relatively okay. Yeah. Well, at least I was proud of them. And my mom as well, I'm sure. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. But, but I think I only, so it was really after all the potential. Ollie. Yeah, yeah. It was really Ollie who showed me, uh, who showed me the road and who showed me what, what's possible. Uh-huh. And so, and how did this? Um, so, yeah, how did this idea for language boost? Um, like, what's the story behind that? Yeah, so I already had the YouTube channel. I think it was called differently. Um, I think it was just my name, Jan van Aal. Mm-hmm. Um, I was traveling the world. I was sharing all these projects, right? So I was going to. I was going to um, I was going to Brazil, where on a inspired by by Benny's language learning missions. So back in the day, I was going to Brazil ah, to okay. learn Brazilian Portuguese in, in three months. And um, on this journey, I met I met Lucas, right? And Lucas mm-hmm. was so at the time I was doing a language exchange with a guy called Fabricio from Sao Paulo. At the time, I was in another city, and he said, "If you come to Sao Paulo, then I have a friend who can who can host you." And he also speaks many languages. And I meet him at this couch surfing meeting in at Avenida Paulista yeah. in the Sao Paulo every week. And uh, yeah, you 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 guys might you guys might uh, might be a good fit for each other, you know, because we we both are really passionate about language learning. So then I met Lucas. I went to Sao Paulo, and Lucas picked me up at six a.m from the local, uh, the local bus station there. And we just, we talked, like we had endless discussions about language learning and methodology and we were speaking different languages. And I saw that he was really, really smart and really good when it comes to, like he had tested all these different methodologies and he was, he spoke way more languages than me at the time. And he was, he was a few years younger as well. And oh, wow. he was just, okay. I could see that he was, that he was really, really gifted. And I think still up until today, he's one of the best polyglots I've, I've ever met. And he's, he's very humble, like most people don't know, but he's, he's really good at, at what he does. And he was working on, on materials at the time. I was creating uh, language learning resources for his students because he was teaching one-on-one. And I said, what are you going to do with this? So yeah, it's for my students. So well, because I have this, this little audience on YouTube, you know, and they might also be interested in, in, in language courses. So mm. we had endless discussions about methodologies and, and about, and about how, you know, the, the perfect language course. So we basically started from there. And then, yeah, that same year, we, we created our first course. Courses, actually. We immediately, <laughs> we immediately uh, started publishing courses for multiple languages. Yeah, this was uh, a course called Vocabooster, vocabulary course for German, Spanish, and Portuguese at the time. And um, I created a website. We called it Language Boost, and I was promoting this website on my YouTube channel. And then, uh, yeah, I was actually in Brazil when I woke up one morning and I saw that 
there was somebody from, I think, New Zealand who bought our course for twenty nine dollars. So that was, was that the first sale. Of, that of was Lyman? the first. Yeah, that was the first. Uh, that was the first sale. So I was super happy, and uh, yeah, I will never forget that moment when I saw that email notification. And so it was. Uh, so it was your your connection with him and the passion. Was it the first time that you and uh, that you had talked like seriously about methodology and yeah. And, I never and, talked uh, to him before. Okay. Um, yeah, so I just saw that there was a really good fit because he, you know, he's a real linguist. He was much better than the languages than, than, than I am. And I just liked, you know, sharing my story on, on, on my YouTube channel. So mm-hmm. that's how we divided the task. I would do the promotion basically and he would create um, the content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I noticed, um, you know, when, when I see a lot of these online language teachers or also language YouTubers that a lot of them are like solo artists, they work alone. And then when I saw language boosts, I was very um, surprised to see two people selling a method. And yeah. I was curious to know what kind of advantages you feel that that, um, that kind of collaboration gave you. Yeah. So I, I don't think that partnerships are, you know, are always better, but I think partnerships so far have been working for me. Like at the moment I'm doing, you know, I have three partnerships. I still run the translation business that I started mm-hmm. originally in uh, 2012, I think. I do that with Nick, um, an old school friend back in the Netherlands. And then I do language boost with Lucas and Langpreneur doing that with Olina, right? So, yeah, some of the advantages, I think for, for me, I, I need someone to, to keep me accountable and I need some, someone to bounce ideas off with. Um, I just feel that I'm more motivation. I, I just feel that I can perform better when I'm with somebody else. Um, yeah, it also allows me to focus what I'm best at. Like for example, I'm I'm not good at. I'm not sure if I could create a good language course by myself. For example, mm-hmm. so I know you know I'm a big fan of working with many people and let everybody do what he or she is best at. Mm-hmm. So Lucas is a linguist. He's good at the language courses at course creation so he can focus on that so that I can focus on the marketing, for example. Um, mm. Absolutely. I yeah. think accountability is, is something, uh, yeah, something, uh, an important point to also have, especially when you're on your own, you have to give that to yourself, which can be super hard. Yeah. I always say like partnerships can work as long as one plus one is more than two. Oh, if interesting. You, if you can you explain I mean, that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or- well, so, I'm not sure if I can explain it, but let, let me give it a try. Yeah, yeah please do. Yeah. So like, for example, there's this Langpreneur thing that I'm doing with, with, with Oli now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that I would have been able to pull this off all by myself mm-hmm. because, oh man, I would just have too many questions. Am I doing the, am I doing the right thing? Who should I interview? How should I, how should I do this? Um, also like the marketing, the copywriting, the way of selling things, like also for the podcast, coming up with a good brand statement. I just need someone who gives me a really good input and who asks me the right questions and also someone who can, who can help me with all the things. So that's basically, Oli is really good at, a uh, really smart guy, but he's really good at, well, basically everything that we are doing. So he's kind of my, <laughs> my, my guide in this. I am running the show and every time I have a question, I go to Oli and he can help me out. Kind of like a, sounds like a mentor a little bit or like. Yeah, a, yeah. It's a partner, kind of a mentor. A, we do. <laughs> yeah. It's a friend. It's, um, it's more yeah. than more than two. It's, and it's more than two because on the other hand, he would also never have done this by himself mm. because he has his own business and, you know, he's busy with other things. He, I'm not sure if, if, if he, if he likes doing this kind of interviews, I've never really seen him, him doing that. So, you know, he, Oli by himself can't mean much for something like Langpreneur. The same for me. Mm-hmm. But together we can make this happen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think in, in this case, one plus one is more. Is definitely yeah, definitely. I mean, you guys, more you guys give yourself two. a lot and also, uh, and Lucas also. So, um, yeah, partnerships can be extremely beneficial. Yeah, for the if, right person, I think. Exactly, I think, if you find the right person, yeah. Some people don't need partnerships. Some people can do everything by themselves. But um, yeah, it really depends on, on, on your personality. I mean, it's interesting because I, I feel I'm, I'm kind of a, a, 
I would say I'm a social person, um, but for some reason, you know, the entrepreneurial journey for, for myself is, is a lonely one because I do everything kind of by myself. I mean, yeah. do you have any advice for, well, for people that, who, who, yeah, who kind of want, you know, yeah. to, to find so someone? They, yeah, so they say that entrepreneurship is, or being an entrepreneur is the loneliest profession on earth right and i think and i think it's 100 percent true mm -hmm. um any advice well so what i <laughs> i will share with you a few of the things that i do and overcome to to in order to overcome the loneliness and mm -hmm. well first of all <laughs> start a podcast <laughs> yeah. or a youtube channel just interview people you know that's i mean that's one thing that this podcast has given me yes it has given me you know a lot of it's a huge, huge part of my own learning process. I learn a lot from interviewing all these people, but it also, it's also a very social thing. So it doesn't have to be a podcast, by the way. It can also be a YouTube channel or any other platform that gives you a good reason to reach out to people that you would like to connect. And something with. You, you like doing also. And something that you like doing, yeah. yeah. But also going to events. I mean, you know, I've, I've, I, always, I always showed up at, at any of these polyglot conferences or mm -hmm. gatherings or even like local local meetups also when i was traveling uh when i was traveling the world in my 20s i would do uh, i would go to all the, to language meetup language exchanges something you know to events where you can learn something that you are passionate about um yeah so well having a platform helps but also going to events helps organizing events is what we are doing now with langpreneur as well well this year has been a little bit tricky with the uh, with the corona virus crisis but yeah um and partnerships can also help mm -hmm. so organizing yeah i think for me it's um uh it's it's also like getting outside of my my comfort zone because because yeah. i'm doing this alone it seems like everything else seems so intimidating like uh, yeah yeah, it's, most once, of us are just hiding behind words in our little cave. But I think the magic happens when you actually step out of that cave and, and connect to other mind-minded mind, like -minded uh, people. people. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah. <laughs> You're an English teacher, huh? Thank <laughs> you. Um, like-minded people who can, um, yeah, who can, who can really help you get to, get to um, achieving your goals. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. And there was something that you once said that, um, that got me thinking, um, it got me thinking about how, how someone like me with, you know, no background in business and marketing and, or accounting, I mean, I'm terrible with numbers. Um, yeah. but I'm still, I was still able to build a business based mm -hmm. on, you know, my passion and this idea that I had. And, mm -hmm. um, you once said in an interview with, um, uh, John, Fotheringham, I think, yeah, from Language yeah. Master. Yeah. You said that, you know, you believe that everyone can learn a foreign language. And I was interested to know, do you think anyone can start a language business? As long as they're motivated, right? So it's the same with language learning. Yes, everybody can learn a foreign language, but they need to be motivated. Can everybody learn, can everybody build an online business? Yes, but they need to be motivated because only once you have a good reason, you know, you're actually willing to to put in the effort and to, to figure out how it works. Mm -hmm. It's not easy, especially, I mean, most entrepreneurs, uh, I forgot the numbers, but most businesses who start, like they're not there anymore in only a few years after, after they start. So many people fail. Mm -hmm. I think the big benefit of what we are doing with this, you know, this Langpreneur thing or any online business is that it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. And it, when you start, or to start and you can also do it in the beginning you can also do it as a side project right like you don't have to quit your job and go all in from the beginning so you could just start a little blog or start you know teaching online um even making a website is actually super easy nowadays yeah it's, it becomes easier and you know you do not even need i mean it's good to have a website but even a landing page you know it's it can be good enough to start with mm -hmm. so um, I, f I forgot what your what your question. Well, was. I was I was wondering if, if if anyone can start a if anyone can start a language business, and I think you know being motivated, you said, was extremely key because I mean, it is you hard. Can, you yeah. can figure it out. All the tools are there. Mm -hmm. All the information is there. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, just go to Google, and, and you can basically Google everything. And even if you 
you know, if, if you, we, we, we're having this, this free podcast here, like if people mm-hmm. need inspiration or want to figure out how to do things, there's lots of information out there. So I think it's definitely possible if you're willing to make the time and if you're willing to put in the efforts and, and figure out how this thing works, because mm-hmm. it's, it's not easy. It takes time and it's really, it's really a big learning process. It's really like learning a foreign language, I feel. Absolutely, which is, um, yeah, you said also that there was like parallels between like language learning and starting your own business, saying that they're very similar. Yeah. Could you expand on that? Um, oh, and I think they're similar in so many ways. So um, where, do, where, where do you want me to start? Um, I well, think, one, yeah. Yeah, there was one thing you mentioned, like, you know, um, in order for you to learn a language, you have to speak it with people. That's also something that might be uncomfortable, but you know, it's... well, that, that's, that's, yeah, well, that's a good one. So, well, exactly. If you want to become fluent in a language, you know, not just study a foreign language, but becoming fluent in a language, you need to get mm-hmm. out there ideally every single day and you need to get a lot of practice. You need to implement what you learn. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same with online business. Like you, you can take all the courses and you can, you know, you can find it lots of information on Google, but eventually you need to, you need to put in the work. You need to try different things. You need to talk to your audience. You need to find out what they want. It's really, you know, doing all these things that, that make you aware of, of, of what's working for your business and and what you should, you know, what's working and what you should double down on. Mm-hmm. Same when learning a language. Only when you're speaking, you you find out you find out the gaps in your vocabulary and how you can improve. And it's the same thing with with language learning. Um, learning by doing. Learning learning by doing. I'm 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 a big fan of that. I've always been doing that in language learning. And now at the same time, with um, well with with with, with the language business, even with Langpreneur. Um Yeah, that, there's definitely many parallels there. And you know maybe one other parallel between the two is um, you make the most progress when you do the things that are the most scary, right? Mm-hmm. So if you yeah. have been learning Spanish for five years and you're not really fluent and you go to Spain and you immerse yourself in the Spanish language and you already speak it at, I don't know, B, B1, B2 level mm-hmm. and you're going to be immersed, be surrounded by native speakers and you're going to be talking Spanish every single day. Well, then within six months, you're going to make a lot of progress, more mm-hmm. progress than you would have ever been able to make back home. Well, maybe with, it, with yeah. an exception of people who, who talk Spanish on Skype every day for eight hours. But, um, and it's the same with, 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 online, <laughs> with online business, right? So only once you start doing the scary things. And the scary things could be you know, organizing a live event for your, for, for your, for your biggest fans, you, talking to them, getting to know them. Do you, do you remember some scary moments uh, yourself? That, that, oh, that so you- many. So with, with Langpreneur, for example? Or, yeah, whatever, language or language boost or? Um, so for Langpreneur, I think it was definitely organizing the live events that were the most stressful, but at the same time, they came with the biggest rewards, not financially, but I think it was really there where we got a really good understanding of, you know, who, who the customer is, of the problems that, you know, all these Langpreneur, starting Langpreneurs are mm-hmm. struggling with. We also got a lot of social proof there, right? People got mm-hmm. to know us, you know, we took all these pictures. We're still using them on the website and emails, um, on sales pages. So I think it was really those, those events that, 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 like that helped us grow the business and get a better idea of, of what the business actually, actually is. And so, were yeah. those sorry, were those your so were those your first was that your first time organizing a, a live event like that? Um, yeah, the the mastermind that we did in Tenerife in two thousand and eight. Yeah, that was actually yeah I think it was the first live event. Yeah, that's strange because I I actually studied um, um, in touch we call it commercial economy. So it's more like uh, I'm not sure what the English translation is. It's more like like marketing economy okay. with the focus on organizing events but i never <laughs> organized any events so, okay yeah that's uh, that was the first event and then we did the language influencer summit which was a bigger event well and this year we uh, we were planning to do langpreneur business breakthrough uh offline in berlin but of a, a live event but yeah we had to take that online and very soon we will be uh, 
yeah, we're, we're doing more events. So I think organizing events is a really good way to get a better understanding of who your customers are and, and what the business is and, and how uh, you can take your business to the next level. Yeah. So was, was, is Langpreneur kind of a, a bigger challenge for you than, than Language Boost was? Like as far as doing things outside of your comfort zone or, or challenging yourself in different I th- ways? I think it is, but it's, I find it also more fun and more rewarding. So in the end, it's not really a challenge because it comes more, I think it comes more natural to me. Okay. But I mean, it's still quite, especially when I started this podcast in the beginning, like, can I do podcasting? I don't know. Um, You know, I was reaching out to all these people. Are they going to say yes? I don't know. What was that? What was that like, actually? I mean, starting a podcast. No, no. um, Reaching out to people just, I mean, was that, how did you feel? You know, did you, I guess, write emails to these people or did you know a lot of them? I already knew quite a few of them, mm-hmm. but, you know, I, I already knew people like Oli and Lydia sure. Koba yeah. and I had a few yeah. other friends, you know, that I knew they, they were willing to help me if I asked them to get on a, on, a, on a podcast episode with me. So I made a list of like five people that I thought would be a good fit for the podcast. And at the same time, I thought they would be willing to help me out with this, right? So, yeah, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to interview them first and then, you know, I'm going to... I'm going to turn all the interviews into, uh, I'm going to write really nice in detail blog posts mm-hmm. um, for these interviews and then have a website up, which looks good and professional. And then I'm going to take that and I'm going to reach out to other Langpreneurs that I didn't know so well, so that I had already some kind of social proof. Um, maybe I could have done it even without all of that, because I, what I found is that most people well, actually, almost all the people that I've approached so far, they're very, they're very open to, to this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think another thing that helps is now it's easier, of course, because there is more social proof. But I think, um, I think when you have a podcast that's about something very specific, so entrepreneurship, right? People who want to build an online language business is very spe- specific. So Absolutely. if I reach out to someone Absolutely. who runs an online language business, they're like, Whoa, that's exactly what I'm doing. I need to get on this podcast because this needs to be, there's no, there's no way this is not going to be relevant for mm-hmm. that audience, right? Mm-hmm. And they're also like, Langpreneur, interesting. Who is this guy? Who, who are these guys who are running this thing? So I think it's also, it also creates some curiosity. Um, Absolutely. It's, it's also very, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of um, entrepreneurial or podcasts on entrepreneurship, but it was never about language. So it was very exciting. Mm-hmm that someone decided to niche down, you know, just on language business. Yeah. I think from a business perspective, it can also be, it can also be a bit challenging because we are kind of the first mover in this, in this sub niche. Right. Mm -hmm. And usually I would say that you don't want to be the first mover because when you're the first mover, you don't, you know, you're you're taking a risk. You don't know if what you're doing is, 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 is going to work. Like if you want to, to teach English, for example, which is not really a niche, but if you want to teach English, you know, you, you can probably do that because many people have proven that already. The concept has been proven. But mm-hmm. if you want to, to build a business around making, helping people to create their own language business, it's, it's new. I think what convinced me to do it is that, I mean, the certain niche hasn't really been proven, but on the other hand, making money online is a huge niche and, you know, I saw all these these upcoming langpreneurs, these YouTubers, these bloggers, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, there's gonna there's gonna get a point where where this niche, I mean, where these uh, yeah, where the niche, can I where, call it? Where, where there's so many langpreneurs out there with with yeah. big audiences that that there is gonna be a need for digital marketing, particularly for those guys. Absolutely, so I kind of took that risk. Um. Well, so far has been has been going quite well, but I think what you want to do usually is so if I were about to start a, a podcast for Italian learners, for example, mm-hmm. I would try to reach out to people who already have an audience, you know, and then ask them if I could, you know, be interviewed on that podcast, for example. And then by the end, I say, hey, by the way, I also have my own podcast. If you want to learn more, go and check it out. So then you can leverage other people audiences. 
yeah, to absolutely. grow your own audience. With Langpreneur, we cannot really do that because our customer avatar or like the, the people that we are looking for, they do not exist in an organized way. Like there is no one who has a mailing list with, with a thousand Langpreneurs on it. <laughs> there is some overlaps, of course. That's true, yeah. But uh, so that's kind of challenge. Like we need to do all the hard work ourselves. We need to create this. We are organizing this, this Langpreneur community. We, we really have to do it all on our, on our own. It's kind of like you have to educate the market that, that, you know, there is this possibility uh, for people to create businesses and, and that there's help, that there's help for that. I mean, that's kind of why you created Langpreneur to help, you know, us, uh, us online language teachers. Uh, that, that's, that, that's the number one reason I started the podcast. I just wanted to show that it's what is possible. And I wanted to share what some of the guys in the industry are doing. And they seem so happy to do that. Like they, they love talking about it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the great thing about it. Yeah. Yeah, they're all very happy to share. I think overall it's a very nice community that we are in. Everyone is really open. And I noticed the th same things that, you know, like the, the, the language events, the polyglot gatherings, the polyglot conference, but also in this Langpreneur thing, like people are really nice and willing to help us and to share and to, you know, to, to tell what's working. And I think without that mindset, it would mm -hmm. never have been possible to, to pull this, this Langpreneur thing off. off. I find it uh, super fascinating that you describe um, this as still such a small niche one. For me, it just seems like there's language teachers with businesses everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and and, yeah. A, growing, and a, a growing interest, especially in, here in Switzerland. I feel that there's, uh, in my community of teachers, more teachers who are like seriously, you know, considering doing, creating a business yeah. as independent teachers. Well, that's good to hear that. Yeah, maybe I'm not even aware of the potential, but, you know, when I go to Instagram, for example, and I search for learn English or English coach or like mm -hmm. hundreds and hundreds of, 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 of profiles um, pop up. So, yeah, sometimes I'm surprised to see how many Langpreneurs are actually out there. But, yeah, well, I guess that's a, that's a good thing. <laughs> that, absolutely. And there was um, one thing that um, there was a uh, Stephen Kaufman, Kaufman uh, you interviewed him, for this podcast and he said something um, that gave me a lot of courage to continue pursuing my 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 crazy dream of creating a uh, a successful language business and mm -hmm. um, just to put it into context you, you asked him to give um, you asked him to give advice to someone who would like mm -hmm. to create a you know a software uh, some software or an app mm -hmm. and uh, his response was um, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said that the market for language learning is humongous yeah. and that there's room for everybody. And mm. uh, the challenge, he says, is making people aware of the really good idea you have. Yeah. And I thought that was just hearing him say that really um, allowed me to, uh, to focus, you know, everything that I was doing for my business on creating the best version of my idea and worry less about being competitive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, I was wondering, yeah, do you think that language learners nowadays are more interested in learning from a person that they connect with versus the teacher who offers like the best deal at the lowest price? Well, I, th I think this is the, the key. I think this is the main thing. What's going to make this, this whole Langpreneur thing big mm -hmm. eventually. I mean, traditionally, we used to learn languages in a classroom with this teacher who's very serious. Mm -hmm. or a book mm -hmm. most of the time a, a boring book black yeah. white yeah. but this world is changing right so i think the reason why why some youtubers have millions and who teach languages have millions and millions of subscribers i think they are doing i think the most important job and and that they are doing and this is something that steve kaufman also mentions mentioned is that they motivate people to learn the language exactly yeah so when I learn a language at school, I learn a language to pass an exam. But when I learn English with a big YouTuber, like, I don't know, Lucy, for example, right? Mm -hmm. Over 4 million subscribers. You know, I just, I just see her as, as a friend, a very kind person. You know, I want to be, I want to be part of, you know, I, see her, I want to learn from a friend. I exactly. want to learn you, a language. You, it's you a social connect with thing. with her, right? Exactly, yeah. And, and so I think what all these Langpreneurs and, are doing i think it's very motivational um it really gives the learner an opportunity to to learn a language to make it more fun and 
to just be more motivated, more inspired, to make it more social as well. And I think it's much more natural to learn a language. This yeah, because it's, it's, it's more meaningful that way. It's more, you know, maybe even more relevant or definitely more meaningful because you, you connect with the person. Yeah. Um, and so that's why we always say at Langpreneur, you know, don't hide behind words, put yourself in front of the camera or... Yeah, it's that personal you know, brand that you're trying to build. And, exactly. And Try to be engaging because in the end, people want to learn languages from other people and not from businesses. Mm-hmm. So I think the social a- aspect is, is, is crucial when it comes to, to motivation, but also to actually getting, getting results. Because if you're not motivated, you're not going to get anywhere. Absolutely, that's true. And so, and do you feel that, um, so it's not so much about being competitive and having a competitive edge. It's just more about being yourself and, and trying to express that as authentically as you can. Yeah, so definitely. So only a very small part of the, uh, of the industry um, is of the language. Most of the people learn the languages in a classroom. That's like, uh, I don't know the numbers, but that's like 45% of the markets, right? Mm-hmm. So there is still a huge potential there for langpreneurs like us because people are starting to see the benefits of learning languages online. So mm-hmm. that's why we encourage everybody who is passionate about languages and you know who wants to help other people to learn foreign languages and who wants to work online to actually go out there, put, put yourself out there, build an audience and then start helping people and in return you, you get paid for that and you can turn it, well, you can change your life for that if you do it really well. It's going to take some time, it's going to take a few years, but... Yeah. It is possible, and with this podcast, we are sharing the uh, the, the stories, the success stories. And um, maybe just as a as a final thought, um, you know, I I have I find it hard to 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 give advice sometimes to teachers uh, who would like to start out or who see what I'm doing and and uh, and feel inspired to do the same. So, what kind? What would you say to a teacher or a language enthusiast or you know, anyone who wants to start a language business who needs that little bit of extra courage, is there like, yeah, yeah something you'd, you'd uh, offer them? I, I think there are a few things here. Like there is no winning, there's no winning strategy. Everybody has, has different assets or different qualities. Mm-hmm. Um, so focus on what you're good at. Like if you are, langu- you are already teaching languages online and you like doing that and, you know, you need you have a family and you need, you need income, then I would say, you know, start teaching, um, you know, start teaching. You can start on platforms like on the cheaper platform or well, yeah. On, on platforms like italki and Verbling, you know, just to get started, to gain some experience. But then mm-hmm. after you get good testimonials and reviews, you can raise your prices. And then eventually you can also start thinking about creating a following. Mm-hmm off the platform you know outside of the platform because you don't want to depend on a platform you know where there is so much competition where there is so much teachers who who teach for cheaper than you so i think one way of growing a business is by actually teaching which can eventually become coaching and then you start selling packages Um, if you have a full-time job which pays well and you cannot really afford to, 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 to quit that job, and you really like the idea of making YouTube videos or blogging, you know, then it's also something that you can start on the side. But you have to realize that it's going to take, uh, well, minimum a year, two years to actually make, make it profitable and uh, get to a stage where you can actually, you know, where you can replace your, your, your income. Mm-hmm. So I think there are different ways to, to go to, you know, to, to get there, to, to building a successful language business, depending on in how much money, how much yeah. money do you need? How much time do you have? What are your qualities? What are some of the things that you already have? Maybe you already have an online following. Maybe you already have teaching skills. Um, but in the end, if you, if you are willing to figure out how it works and if you are willing to surround yourself with the people who have done it before. And if you're willing to learn from them mm-hmm. and again, if you're willing to put in the time, because it is going to take some time, I think if, if you have all of those things, then why not get started now? Go for it. Right. I mean, if, even if you have, you feel a little bit of excitement about the idea, then just go for it. Try it. Yeah, exactly. And well, you're on this podcast, you can hear many inspirational stories of people who have done it before so if you're still lacking the motivation i would say first check out all those episodes but it's it's um 
it's really possible. And if you would like to learn more about how it all works and if you need even more inspiration, and I also encourage people to come to one of our live events to, to get that, you know, to be surrounded with all these people and really get a feeling of, because I think it's only when you, when you meet the people who have done it before that you actually start realize, okay, I can do it myself. And yes, listening to a podcast is good. But once you actually meet them and get to talk to those people one-on-one, I think that has changed everything for me. Um, that is, that's why I'm such a big fan of going to high-level mastermind events or you know, going to seminars, conferences. Every time I meet someone who makes... Like last year, I attended a mastermind event of a famous YouTuber called Stephen James in Los Angeles. I, f- I, flew, I flew to Los, Los Angeles for, for just a weekend, actually. Okay. And like when you hear and see those people talking and thinking... Uh, you know, these guys are making show. millions online with an online business. Now you can actually start, you know, believing, okay, maybe I can do this myself as well. And that's, that's, it gives you confidence. And yeah, confidence is actually, is a massive thing. And once you have that confidence, I think you, you become unstoppable. <laughs> I would absolutely agree. Same with language learning. <laughs> if we tie back Same to- thing. If we tie back to that. Um, yes, and I very much look, um, very much looking forward to coming to a, a live event because, yeah, we did the language business breakthrough online. Yeah, looking forward uh, to that as well. That's going to be absolutely. great. Um, so thanks very much. That's all the questions I have for you today. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Phil. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed this conversation. And uh, yeah, I think you did a, a good job as an interviewer. You should start thank a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I am thinking about it, so we'll see. Well, we will let the audience vote if they like it. Then you have oh, to do okay. it. <laughs> Please vote yes. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, thanks very much, and yeah. I look forward to future podcasts. Thank you, Phil. Want to learn how you can grow your language business, or maybe meet us at one of our upcoming events? Then go to our website, langpreneur.com. Thanks for listening, and see you in the next episode.